Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Well, welcome again. We're going to have a great, great program today with Brother Randy Brandon at Community Baptist Church here on Punching Holes in the Darkness. Stay tuned with us as we join Brother Randy and talk about what God's doing in Alma, Michigan. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, Guideserve. Well, welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. It's a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. We do this for pastors and leaders of our great state and all of those within our Baptist Zion to help encourage and to inspire, and give more information in order that we may better all together punch holes in the darkness. I'm Tim Patterson, the State Executive Director here in Michigan and your host today. And the, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Pastor Randy Brandon. He is the pastor at Community Baptist Church in Alma, Michigan. And uh, Randy, thank you so much, my friend, for joining us today and being on our podcast. It is a privilege to have you here. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, uh, now, Randy, uh, you're married to Joyce, wonderful, wonderful lady. We had lunch together not long ago, had a great time. And now, how many children do you have, Randy? We have two children. And how about the really important part? Any grandkids? Yes, we have two grandkids. <laughs> our, our family tree looks a little bit like Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Two children, two grandkids. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, the grandkids are the important part. I understand oh, children are important, but grandkids are really important. And uh, Randy, how long have you and Joyce been at this church? We've been uh, in Alma. Uh, we came from uh, seminary to Alma in uh, 1984. 84. And we started this. We started this church in 2007. 2007. All right, man. Well, you've been there for a while and got the long haul and doing well there. Uh, and you know, you are, you guys, whether you know it or not, are one of our leading partners in missions and ministry around the world through your giving through the cooperative program. And, uh, which is, which is wonderful because you catch the vision of what it means to cooperate and do things together because as we all know, we're better together. So uh, Randy, uh, what is, do you know, remember what the percentage is that your church gives through cooperative program at this time? I believe it's 8%. 8%. 
eight. Awesome. We, we started off with, you know, 10%, eight right. to the cooperative program and two to the association. We bumped the association up. So uh, I believe we're still at uh, 8%. From the- awesome. Awesome. That makes a difference. And you guys do that consistently through your uh, offerings when they come into the church. Yes. Uh, you just take a percentage and move it on. Uh, Randy, can you tell me a little bit why you think it's important to be part of that cooperative ministry of Southern Baptist and uh and what what the benefit is not only to your church but to the ministries that you give to can you talk a little bit about, about why you think that's important well just before i came to michigan uh, i had done some demographics on the state and uh the, i also studied the convention as a whole and i realized how many thousands of churches there were out there how many millions of people are involved in this. And I thought, because I had no church experience before I got saved. So I didn't know about missions, didn't understand that. But when I began to learn what God was doing, I, I, I've always wanted to be uh, where we can do the most per dollar. And so if I'm joining with other churches, I think at the time there were like 300 churches in Michigan. I don't remember the numbers of people, but I thought, you know, we, we can really work together with this. And so I like the, I like the idea of cooperating together, putting all this together. And instead of having eight or 10, maybe 12 missionaries that we may know them on a personal name and we've met them once or twice. I like the thought, I like the thoughts of thousands of missionaries out there and, uh, they don't have to worry about where their income comes in. It's it's there or they wouldn't be sent. Right. And Randy, that is, that's a wonderful point there because there are many great missionaries on the field today. Yeah. Some that are, you know, they have to raise their own support and do mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And, and uh, we're not saying they're not any more of a missionary than anyone else, but no. they do have to spend, I think, an inordinate time, amount of time trying to raise funds, trying to take care of that. They have to go back to the States and, it just takes so much time that I've talked to many who work like this and they say, we spend about half of our time trying to raise funds. Yeah. And with Southern Baptist missionaries that are supported through the cooperative program, they don't do that. We fully fund them in their finances, their housing, their salaries or retirement, all their needs, transportation, plus ministry needs. Uh, that is fully funded as a Southern Baptist missionary and they don't have to go out and raise support, which is amazing and a very, very good thing. And they can focus 100% of their time in their lives on the mission field. So that's, that's one of the things we do. The reason we do what we do through cooperative program giving. Uh, It also supports not only foreign missionaries, Randy, as you know, it it supports church planting here in North America. It supports uh, seminary training for uh, pastors and leaders in our seminaries uh, around the country. Uh, It has disaster relief ministries throughout uh, the United States when there are situations and where there's disasters or tornadoes like we've just had in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, we're supporting that and we're part of that. So uh, that's an exciting thing. And Isn't that good? I mean, that's why we do what we do, isn't it? Yes. Hey, listen, Randy, I know that you, your church has different kinds of ministries that you do and you've tried to develop those over the years. What's some of the things that your church is doing locally that uh, you can let us know about and, and what you're passionate about? Well, one of the things that we've gotten pretty excited about here recently, and it's through through tragedy, uh, 
we didn't lose very many people to COVID, but we did lose quite a few people uh, this year uh, in death. And out of the clear blue, we started a, a, a support program and uh, they meet every, uh, every Thursday morning and they get together. And now we've got people that are hearing about it. They're coming in from all parts of the area around here. And uh, pretty soon we're, we're going to outgrow the, the room that we're using right now. So we may have to meet in the sanctuary. But uh, just to watch these people come out of there, uh, they come in with a lot of tears. And uh, they go out with that glimmer of hope in their eye that, you know, I'm not alone in this. I, I, somebody else is going through this and they're doing good. I, I can do good, too. You know, it's, it's just been exciting to see that. Um, we've had a lot of people come in, uh, some of the churches have died out in the area and we have been blessed by some of the people that have been staunch supporters of the churches have found a place that, uh, welcomes them in. They come in. We've got several different denominations uh, represented in our, in our membership now, uh, as they, you know, we let them know right off the bat who we are. Uh, we're Southern Baptist. And, uh, these are the things that we, uh, we teach. These are the things that we stand for, and uh, they like it. They've come on board, and uh, we're we're seeing some of the confused looks come to. Hey, did you know that we're Southern Baptists? And they get all excited about the fact that they saw our Lottie Moon or our Annie Armstrong uh, film on Sunday morning. All good, and that really excited them to know that they have a very intricate part in reaching people for Jesus Christ that they've never even met before. Not only have they not met the people that are coming to Christ, they haven't even met the missionaries and yet they're, they're missionaries. They're excited about that. that that's, that's great. Uh, I know it's exciting and, and seeing these different kind of ministries and how it, it opens doors uh, for people to, because people, wherever they are in the world and Randy, we, I think we even discussed this. It doesn't matter if they're in the Northern States or in the Southern States or in a, another country altogether, people are people. They yeah. have the same heart needs. They have the same concerns. They may have a different language or have it in a different culture, but we are all, we're just people and we all have that need and especially the need for God and his and a relationship with him that we know is eternal and secure and uh, people are longing for that and they're longing for friendships and fellowship yeah. someone they can be close to that's one of the things i noticed about your church and i want you to talk about that I, just a very engaging sweet people and uh, loving people that that will embrace you quickly they do and and uh, uh, they they ask they ask very few questions. When you come in, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like. Uh, they welcome you with open arms. And uh, uh, this COVID thing has really, uh, really thrown a curve because they're used to hugging. They're used to <laughs> yeah. shaking hands. And so, you know, we give them the, uh, the I love you sign uh, instead of shaking hands. But uh, the scariest thing that we've done, but it's been such a blessing. Uh, I had never preached on a computer before, you know, to a computer in an empty room. I was more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. And I'm, I'm trying to talk to this, this laptop. And uh, how is this going to have any effect? How is this going to work? And uh, pretty soon we started getting feedback. And thank you so much. I, I don't go to church, but that was so heartwarming. And uh, one of my nieces got saved through it. Uh, other families have uh, uh, said that 
family members are coming to Christ and uh, they're excited. And some of them are starting to show up at church now that our doors are back open. And so we just keep the, we keep the, uh, the video going. We don't exactly know what we're doing, but God <laughs> is blessing and it goes out. And uh, so we've learned that uh, through a time of tragedy, that uh, there is more than one way to reach out and touch the, the lives of people. Friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design. They can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course, any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. That's what I love about you, Randy, and your church is your willingness to just open your arms to people. And you've been looking for ways to do that. And amazing, sometimes God opens those doors for us. We didn't even know there were doors there. And he just kind of opens it up. And what I love about your your heart is you're willing to step through the door mm. and do what God opens the door for you to do. It's scary, uh, but it's been very rewarding. Absolutely. Wonderful. And you know, you taught, you mentioned a couple of things. One, you're, you have ministries that are growing quite a bit. You may not have room for them in a particular room, but just recently, not long ago, God kind of opened some doors for you guys to get a new facility. And, uh, it just been an amazing, uh, I could say adventure journey, uh, that you have been on with this this building situation. Do you mind taking a few moments and just telling us the story about how all that has taken place with you receiving a building to do ministry in? Amen. Um, I, I don't, I know that we wouldn't have time to go very far into the past, but uh, I've had some tragedies in the past in the ministry that uh, I just didn't, didn't understand. I, I learned a lot through it. So when we, uh, when we started Community Baptist Church of Alma, uh, we, we believed that we weren't going to go any farther than we could pay cash for. And uh, the Lutherans had closed a, an old building down and moved into their new facility. So uh, they rented it to us. But we decided we couldn't just keep on renting, so we asked them about purchasing. They, long story short, they sold it to us, give us three years to pay for it. No, no interest, uh, no payment schedule. Just what can you raise in three years? Our people got so excited about it, they uh, they paid it off in three years, and uh, it was a, a tri-level building. And our people were getting kind of old, you know, so they had a hard time meeting the stairs. But we wasn't we wasn't ready to move or anything, and a uh, 
church facility about three times our size was closing down. And uh, my son and one of their deacons was meeting for breakfast on Saturday morning. And he told my son that we're getting ready to give our building away and the property and everything. And of course, my son's eyes lit right up. He knew how what a difficult time we were having with the uh, uh, the facilities being not, we were probably 85% full and didn't know what we was going to do, but we were ready to go to two services, whatever we had to do. And so uh, they approached us. We had been praying for this church that was closing down for about two years. We knew the struggles that they were going through. So we let them know that we've been praying for them and we will pray with them through that. And uh, pretty soon they started eliminating people that they didn't think would use the building and they asked us, if we donated this to you and all the property, do you think you could make a go of it? We don't think you could handle the uh, upkeep of it, but uh, what do you think? And we just looked at it and we said, well, look, if God's in it, uh, it'll work. We prayed about it for the next two months, and pretty soon uh, we were all sitting together around the table signing papers. And uh, this thing was, uh, you know, we went from a building that we carried like uh, two three hundred thousand dollar insurance onto a building that we have to have three and a half million dollars worth of insurance. That that really freaked us out. Yeah, so, uh, I understand. You know, the insurance company said, uh, "Hey, you can do this." And so we we've been going at it. Um, the people that were part of this building when it started closing had kind of found other places to go. They weren't happy, and they saw us come in here, open the doors, and uh, start maintaining the building again. The folks that started this place uh, started filtering back in. It's been exciting to watch them. Uh, one man just celebrated his 91st birthday, and he was he was the guy that helped break ground here uh, when they started. So uh, it's been a, a, a vision of hope for them to see what they started is going on. And we don't look at it as though we took over. We just got expanded the ministry. Uh, some of them have come in. Uh, more of ours have come in. It's just been exciting to watch it, but uh, no, no steps, but it's a quarter mile from one end to the other. <laughs> it is a gorgeous facility, by the it way. Is. We praise uh, the Randy, Lord. I, when we were there, I, I walked in. I Honestly, I was so surprised. I'm thinking, what in the, no, there, we don't have a church like this in Alma. And then I walk into it and there it is beautiful facility the auditorium is is really really nice a big rotunda type round auditorium perfect for preaching and communication and then the sound and video and all the equipment you had there i said you know very few of our churches in our state have this and uh when we got there it was just amazing to us and then you began to tell us the story of it mm. what i like so much about that randy is the back part of that story there was a church that was struggling and instead of uh, gloating over it or saying, Oh man, I hope we get this or we'll get that out of that. I hope those most people will come over here. You, you began praying for those people and praying mm -hmm. that God would bless them and God would take care of them. Uh, I just see that as a, a very selfless thing to do, but a very godly thing to do. And I believe that God honors those kinds of characteristics and attributes in a believer and in a church when they care about the body and the people of Christ and not so much concerned about what you may get from that. Right. And uh, that's, I, I think, of all the parts of this story and journey, that's the one 
that encourages me the most. Not that you got a building, and it's great. It's amazing. We have church planters here in in Michigan that would die for what you have. I mean, they would they would just be overjoyed, and so many pastors. But that's not the issue. The issue is really comes down to the heart and the passion of the leadership and the church. And uh, by the way, Randy, that doesn't just happen overnight. No, it takes time to build that. So it, it, it was it was an amazing journey. Uh, many of our people still walk into the sanctuary and they look around. And they they just tears run down their face and they say, "God has been so good." Uh, and and we we try to welcome everybody in and let them know that look here, we've got room to expand. You bring your friends in, invite people come into church because we can still social distance and not even fill this place up. So uh, uh, we're excited. Uh, I think. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had 120 people, 129 people for service. And lately we've been running up in the nineties, uh, which, you know, that's exciting for us. And the budget has, it's just been phenomenal. God said that if we would do it, you know, and we, we said, Lord, if this is what you want, we'll go. And he said, if he told us, if you'll do it, I'll make sure everything's taken care of. And uh, the funds come, they come in. Not only have we been able to maintain the building, we put, I don't know, forty or fifty thousand dollars into bringing some things up to date that uh, was really causing a lot of problems. Yeah, and by the way, it has a gymnasium too, does it not? A gym and kind of a, a fellowship area as well. There. Yes, I, I call it a gymnasium, and the people who were here before we got here said it's a fellowship hall. Well, I had <laughs> learned that it is one of the fellowship halls like I've never seen. But we, uh, when we first moved into the building, we had um, I think three or four funerals back to back, each one of them uh, running almost three hundred people. And to be able to have a place where 300 people can sit down and uh, fellowship together after the after the service, uh, we always try to provide a, a, a meal for the family and their mm-hmm. friends while they're here to let them know that uh, hey, we're here just for you. And uh, so um, we get to we get to share Jesus with them. Uh, many many lost people have come into this building uh, thinking that they were going to be a part of. Uh, participating in a funeral service and uh, they got to hear about Jesus and how wonderful it is that we've had plans to be with Jesus one day. And then they go down and, and we've even have food for them. They really get excited. <laughs> well, uh, Randy, you know, you've been there as pastor of what, 14 plus years, 15 years, somewhere in there. And, uh, but you've been there longer in Alma area. Um, uh, what are some things or advice you would give to a, a pastor, young pastor, and or maybe an existing pastor of how you can stay and have a longevity and legacy ministry that you have, like you have there? What could you give them that they could glean from you in insight and how they might do the same thing? If you've ever been out on a tree limb and you cut it off on the wrong side of you, um, which, which I have, uh, it's it's better to wait upon the Lord and let Him lead, and so that you cut branches off on the right on the right side. Uh, we we moved to Alma, and uh, it was it was so exciting. Things were happening. Uh, Joyce and I came as church planter apprentices through the at that time the Home Mission Board, right. and um, we were receiving six hundred and sixty six dollars a month with two children just headed into their teens. And it, it, 
it, w- it wasn't really going to work as far as we were able to see, but we both took jobs driving school bus so that we could be on the field right here and meeting people. And uh, Brother Tim, I think that I think the, the whole key is, is uh, how is the world going to know if they don't hear and how are they going to hear if somebody doesn't tell them? How's somebody going to tell them if they're not sent? So we, we started driving school bus. And before long, uh, some of our seniors uh, were coming to us wanting to know, we're getting ready, getting ready to get married. Would you, would you marry us? Well, we, we like you for a bus driver. One thing led to another. Now we're marrying the grandchildren of these same people. And uh, we've been here since, like I said, 1984, um, meeting the people. And we've got some people in the church here that they look at us and they, they see all these people coming for weddings, for funerals, uh, for uh, counseling. And one lady, she asked us, she'd been part of this church since it began, uh, how do you know all these people? I want to look back and say, how do you not know them? Because my wife and I, you know, Joyce, uh, she never meets a stranger. And so meeting all these children over the years, watching them graduate, be a part of their lives. Uh, and then the people of the community, we've just been involved in everybody's life. Uh, they, they ask us to come and minister to their parents when they're in the hospital. Just, I think, the willingness to be there for the people and not worry about what kind of cost it is to answer a call at 2 o'clock in the morning to go to the hospital or at 2.30 in the morning to go and meet with a drunk that uh, he doesn't know what to do and he doesn't think he's going to be able to make it just set up with him until daylight gets there. I would say just be ready to wait upon the Lord, but be ready to go when he says go. Absolutely. Be ready to love the people. Yeah, I have told my pastors and folks in this, in this state convention, it doesn't matter whether it's a state convention level, national level, or local church level. It's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. It's building relationships with people. I have a lot of young church planters who are, as I say, man, they would assault hell with a water pistol. You know, they're excited about it. They're ready to go. But they think, some of them think that, man, if I can just get in that pulpit and preach, people are going to come and that's going to be great. And we're going to have a great church. But preaching isn't what grows a church. Now you can't sustain a church and grow a people and develop them without good biblical preaching. But that's, that's, that's not what grows a church. Uh, it's relationships and being out in the field, doing what you are doing day in, day out, whether it's dealing with a bereavement issue or someone who's having a crisis in their life, or whether it's having coffee with some guys down at the cafe, you know, those, that's where it happens at. Mm -hmm. And, uh, your church and your ministry is evidence of that. So, uh, and I appreciate what you do, Randy. Thank you very much. We, uh, we had a, a crisis in our life when we, about 10 years after we came here and uh, the church uh, ended up closing the doors and folding up. Uh, it was embarrassing. Uh, I thought I had failed the Lord and uh, I went into deep depression. And for the next few years, I, I, I was still ministering to people, but I wasn't pastoring. And I, I just didn't think God would ever use me again. And, uh, but I, I didn't leave. Uh, I felt a little bit like Jonah after Jonah was spit out of the fish. I was, oh, Lord, where do you want me to go now? And he said, well, I sent you to Alma. I sent you to Alma here to, to grow a church, to, to spread my, my word, and, and to teach people about my son Jesus. And I still want you here. So Amen. I had to swallow my pride and uh, face people that uh, knew that we had failed, that the doors had closed up. And uh, 
I think being willing to stay when God wants you to stay instead of running on to greener pastures. Uh -huh. uh, sometimes uh -huh. the pastor is called to other places, but uh, if you know that you haven't been called to another place and you stay, uh, God's blessings were a lot of years in coming after that, but uh, I learned something about me. I learned not to run ahead of God, and I learned to be patient and, and wait. And um, he has blessed us tenfold uh, in the ministry. And the very thing that we lost uh, financially, um, he gave back to us in our old the Lutheran building, and he provided every dollar that we needed and uh, we grew a church uh, the same size, if not bigger than we were when we were the Gold Road Baptist Church back in the day when uh, Brother Billy Witt was in your uh -huh. position. And uh, so it's been exciting to watch. Um, I, I, sometimes I just say, Lord, I, I don't know why you did this, but I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of your work. And uh, we're here, it's, it's not an easy job. Uh, it's not even sometimes something that you want to get up for in the daytime, but uh, Reveille calls. Yeah, answer the call, and, and here we are. Amen. Well, Randy, thank you for sharing with us today. What you just shared in this last little segment was probably the most important thing you shared all day. And uh, all the others are great stories and great things, but what you shared there, I think, can be an encouragement to so many pastors who want to quit or think they have failed, think they've messed up, they can't be used again. Uh, God's never finished until you step into heaven. And Randy, Brandon, I, I, I just appreciate so much you, my pastor friend, and thank you for what you're doing there in Alma. Uh, give my love to Joyce and say hi to the church again. And God bless you. Thank you for being part of our podcast today and being such a blessing to so many. Thank you, Brother Tim. We appreciate you and your ministry. And it's so exciting to know that you're, you're down there, you're in our corner, and we've got somebody to turn to. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, folks, for joining with us for this edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. Look forward to uh, being with you again. God bless you. Bye-bye. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations, too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.